Hello, good evening. Welcome to another interesting episode of Small Talk with Kutu. I am your host, Kutu, and it is my pleasure to have you join me on a lovely, lovely Sunday evening. I hope you and yours are keeping well, and I hope everything is going well with you where you are, wherever you are, whichever country or continent that you're um, listening to this from. My name is Kutu, and Small Talk is us just chatting and discussing a few things and things that matter things that do not in the spirit of how small talk is just to keep the bonds going today we're going to be talking about generosity generosity and stinginess with specific focus on stinginess how what does this mean how does this concern you you'll find out as we go along this series we're starting i'm starting a series which have to do with kutu's aphorisms so aphorisms are concise statements or pithy observation that contains a general truth so there are some of my aphorisms that i'm thinking to share with you and i hope they'll be as beneficial to you as they are to me because I live my life by these things. So today we're going to be talking about it is impossible to be stingy. Exactly. As it sounds, it is impossible to be stingy. And how is this possible? How is it you know stingy people, for instance? So how can I say that? How can this be an aphorism? How can this be something, a philosophy that I live my life by? Well, if you stick around, I'll explain in a little bit. So I'll see you on the other side of this podcast. I'll just take a quick break and I'll be back. Thank you. This is... It's impossible to be stingy. Now, you know a stingy person or two, or maybe you're the stingy person in your circle of friends. Perhaps you don't see yourself as stingy. You much prefer to describe yourself as a prudent person. You're cautious in the way you evaluate and expand your resources. However you want to define and revise this explanation, The prospect of being stingy is something that's impossible to be. A stingy person is someone who doesn't give easily, readily, or even at all. If she or he gives, it's upon compulsion. It's because, say, they were coerced into doing so. No one is more annoyed by the preacher's sermon on generosity than the stingy person. And ironically, no one is a generosity sermon more targeted at than the stingy person. They may be stingy in one aspect of their lives and generous in others. That is, they may be generous with their time, but stingy with their money. This person may come to your book opening, but will not buy a book. So they're generous about their time, but not their money. A person may be generous with their money, but hold off giving their emotions or showing their emotions they, in this instance, they may starve everyone of their attention, their care, their kindness, but they may be open to gen- being generous with, with their cash. There are many other things to be generous about, uh, generous with, 
or to be stingy about you can be stingy about you can be stingy about your emotions your resources your time your relationship your social capital your you know your network but the worst kind of stinginess it seems is the one who is stingy to his or herself this is a person who will pile the money in the bank will not give it to others not even as a loan and also will not spend on himself he eats at the cheapest restaurant not to save money because say he's saving for a big project but just because you know an extra euro spent on this meal is a bit too extravagant this person pinches every penny and won't spend to buy herself a new perfume or register for an online entrepreneur course she may hire only under qualified people for the sole purpose of cutting back costs you know because qualified people cost so much more and they strut around like they own the place yes uh, this kind of person is stingy in business and they don't see that their business is dying on the vine because they're skimping on hiring qualified say an accounts manager or um, hiring a qualified tech support person so the different levels of stinginess is what i'm trying to get to so being stingy to others is bad enough but to yourself to your business to your own self uh to your family is the worst of it now i would like to state as a matter of fact that is impossible to be stingy it is impossible to be stingy you heard me right stinginess is an illusion it only seems but it is truly impossible for the sole reason that everyone is locked against their will against their opinion against their choice into a cycle of prosperity let me explain the way existence is de- designed it is a circle a circle has no beginning and has no end it is a continuous everlasting eternity to perpetuate circles certain conditions must exist and those conditions must exist in a system that is dictatorial so the designer of the system knows that if the elements that make up a system can break free of that circle then the circle ceases to be and if you are the designer of a system that must self perpetuate then no element that makes up a circle can be given the freedom to break free of that circle let me use two things as an example the water circle for instance let's start with the water circle the water cycle sorry the water the water oh god what's wrong with me today the water cycle is starts like this water is born in mountains it makes its way down to the ocean on its way it forms trickles meanders swamps streams rivers seas and finally oceans water on its way to the ocean may be evaporated by the sun may be used in a hydroelectric dam may flow into a farm to be used for agriculture may be collected in stagnant pools where you know algae and mosquitoes are grown for food you know to be fed to birds or it may flood villages and bring down bridges it may be cordoned off into a water bottle pipes it may be purified sent through taps as portable drinking water it may be sipped up by a gazelle or drunk by a camel it may become underground water it may be mined from springs and bottled in plastics to arrive in posh restaurants or doused with sliced lemon and be overpriced at a tush high end um a tush high end restaurant you know 
It may also become mist in a black woman's spray bottle to pump up her afro. It may be used to ferment rice. It may be used, it may become steam, you know, to make tea. When you're making tea, it may flow through the hose of a gardener. It may burst out of the geyser of a construction worker's bladder. It may sink into the ground in the savannah after a storm. All of this scenario, whatever water does, it never loses its goal. And its goal is it is on the way to the ocean. It will become the ocean. It will evaporate into water vapor. It will be moved about by clouds and currents. It will condense. It will fall back as rain on the far side of the world, where once it gets there as the far side of the world, it begins again. It commences again its determined trek back to the ocean. So that is the water cycle. Now the nitrogen cycle, the oxygen cycle, every other cycle on earth follows these patterns. The pathways may be long, different and hard, but the cycle is non-negotiable. Also, and the players, the elements that make up the cycle are without a choice in the matter. So water starts from the mountains, moves through all of life's, move through all of life forms, used up by different persons and different organisms, gets to the ocean, evaporates, moves away as clouds, fall back as rain on the other far side of the world and starts again to the ocean. That cycle, it's never, has never been broken in the millions of years that earth has existed. And this is important because in the economy that providence designs, the way that she feeds animals in places where there are no humans, how she maintains prosperity without human aid or interference, is to create cycles that cannot be interfered with. Mufasa called it the great cycle of life. And, you know, and he told um, Simba, when we die, our bodies become grass and the antelope eats the grass. So we all get that you know, from watching it as a cartoon, but I'm bringing that to the fore now that no one gets to stand idle. No one can get away and no one is allowed to opt out. All organisms are locked in in a permanent, repetitive cycle of prosperity. So does this stingy person then thinks she or he is stingy. But does she breathe? If yes, then she's not stingy. If you at this moment held your breath and refused to breathe out, that is, if you refuse, you refuse to exhale to give out carbon dioxide, you would die. If you took Providence's oxygen, you must give her back carbon dioxide. If you held this carbon dioxide in, you would die. There is no choice in the matter. So she has arranged that in such a way that carbon dioxide will be used by the plants. They need it for their growth. So they also will have to use that, take the carbon, purify the oxygen, and then give you back the purified oxygen, which you take in and the cycle continues. So anyone who refuses to do this, to refuse to participate in this cyclical determined um, airflow has chosen death. So that's what a cycle is. So we have demonstrated that with the water cycle and in CO2 and oxygen. So I'll give you a final example, your digestive system. Now, it is my theory that nature gives animals and humans digestive tracts and lines those digestive tracts with trillions of diverse forms of bacteria for one reason and one reason only, the soil. 
The soil needs pre-digested plant and animal waste at its, as its own meal. So dead soil is soil that is devoid of microbes. And microbes break down the cellulose in dead plants, yes. But the best meal for the plant to keep thriving and growing diversified flora to maintain an ecosystem that is healthy is pre-digested food, what you know as feces. Now, the bacteria that can do this are not found in the soil, but not all of them, but a big portion of them are found in the gut of life forms that move upon the face, upon the face of the earth. So why is this important? Why has nature given digestive tracts to moving creatures? One, because the earth is big, is wide and big. So if digestive tracts were given to plants, plants who are generally immobile, then how would the pre-digested meal, aka feces, aka manure, be spread about the earth? So soil covers the face of the earth that water and ice do not. So if owners of digestive tracts are immobile creatures, life on earth as we know it will be impossible. So soil needs pre-digested manure, needs it also to be spread thin, needs it to be spread often, and needs it to be diverse in nature. So providence to solve this problem again with the cycle gives ruminants and also mammals and other forms of mammals stomachs that will break down tough cellulose, that will break down different meals for different animals and different diets. And to rectify this, it's giving different taste buds to everyone. Because think of it, if we all like to eat one thing, then not only would the manure be poor in quality, that one thing that we all like to eat will quickly become the sole thing propagated in all cultures, in all planet, it's, sorry, in all continents of the earth. So let's say we all like to eat peanuts, for instance. Then we'll only be cultivating peanuts. We'll not cultivate things like spices, corn, rice, beans, wheat, sorghum. All of these other plants would die for lack of cultivation. And that would mean that there will only be a monoculture of peanuts, which I don't need to tell you is a recipe for an extinction of all species because ultimately a monoculture never, never thrives. So there needs to be diversity, there needs to be an ecosystem, there needs to be a constellation of plants, of animals, of that needs to come about with a soil that's rich and thriving and is alive. So yeah. A cycle is important. So to ensure continued prosperity, the method that Providence has chosen is to create a diverse palette across different cultures and different continents, across different life forms. So and then gives us digestive tracts and gives us different bacteria. So we have different bacteria, different digestive systems, and different diets. So these are the perfect recipe for continued agro-prosperity of the planet. So when we feed on what we most love, because we all have different palates and different favorite meals, you know, like maybe I might like berries and you like legumes and someone else likes roots, vegetables, someone else prefers animal products. When animals themselves feed on their meals and their meals also vary, corn, grass, peels of cassava, yam, oranges, berries, other animals, the digestive systems of the collective lot takes what it needs from these meals, it breaks this down, extracts what it needs, and pushes out the rest. The rest is meant for the soil. It is pre-digested manure, and it is meal for the soil. So the soil 
also can eat. So the soil also can use this manure pre-digested from diverse digestive tract and create a healthy, thriving soil that needs no one, that helps no one but ourselves. So with healthy soils, we can grow even more bountiful harvest. We can keep carbon out of the atmosphere. We can grow trees, green shrubbery to give us lovely parks, strong forests, a rich, diverse ecosystem, which is normally, you know, forests are like homes for the planet's largest and most dangerous animals. And this is important. Forests are important because in case you have not noticed, the main purpose of a forest, apart from purifying the air that you breathe, is to host and house wild animals that will sooner rip you and I to shreds in two seconds of meeting us. So if we destroy the forest, we've taken away their homes and you know their consequences for this, that is wild animals might start showing up on your doorstep. Okay, that was a quick leap into the dark side. But what I'm trying to get at is there's a cycle of uninterrupted prosperity to take care of the trillions and trillions of species, trillions and trillions of life forms on earth. And to do that, this cycle must continue uninterrupted without the will of the elements or the participants in that cycle to interfere with it. So you cannot but give back to the cycle is what I'm trying to say. So in essence, the stingy person, try as she or he may, cannot fight this cycle. You must eat to be alive. Even when you fast for months, you have to break your fast, right? So you have to eat. And no matter how stingy you are, you cannot keep everything you eat in. You must give something back. You must expel about 15% of everything that you eat, everything that you drink. You give it out as sweat. You know, at the very least, 10% of everything that enters into your body is expelled out of your body. Same goes for water, other liquids. You breathe it out as water vapor. You pee it out. You sweat it out. You cannot essentially keep everything that you put in your mouth, in your body. All of it is not all of it. Providence and her cycle of prosperity demands it of you that you give, shall we say, a tithe of everything that you eat, breathe and drink in. If you do not, you cannot survive. You have chosen your own extinction. You have chosen by not participating in the cycle. You essentially are deleted from the cycle. So, for instance, if you say, oh, what are, everything I'm going to eat today, I'm not going to pass everything out. You've chosen constipation. And <laughs> constipation of, say, a gastroenteric system is a serious medical issue. If you decide you're not going to evacuate your bowels, you will be taken to the hospital and a forced evacuation will be given to you because you either give or die. You either give out a portion of what you've eaten or you contend with, you know, the contents of your large intestines just flooding your body, staying there, constipation, you know, blood poison, all of that. Horrible, horrible stuff. What I'm trying to say is, insofar as you cannot keep 100% of what you eat, drink, or breathe inside your body, you are then deluding yourself when you think yourself or think other people as selfish, spartan, stingy, unwilling to share, not generous. That is not a thing. Providence has you locked into systems without asking your choice. 
without asking your opinion, without asking your vote. So some of these cycles are immediately apparent, like the ones I've outlined above, you know, the water cycle, the nitrogen cycle, the oxygen cycle, you know, even your, your, your digesting and your feeding systems. But some are subtler. For instance, your emotions during a major world event, say a terrorist attack, a plane crash, an election, a stock market crash, say a pandemic, your emotions also are participants of this cycle. You may be aloof for one or two of these events, but you cannot be aloof from all of them. Nature demands also a portion of your emotions. A cycle that demands your attention, your emotions, say of love, for instance, will come around in the form of a sport that you love, a dress that you saw hanging in the dress shop, a phone call from a long-lost friend, cuddles from your pet, or a bunch of roses from your toddler that she picked up while playing in the garden. A cycle that demands your fear will come in the form of negative news, depressive friends, a sad event, out-of-sync hormones, lack of exercise, bad diet, sleeplessness, stress on the job, etc., a cycle that demands your money is, well, you already live in it. It's called capitalism. So you may store up your money in a bank, under your bed, or in a diversified portfolio, but the economy needs money to flow, like water, to move. So inflation will come, for instance, take a bite out of your savings. Uh, the more sad one, your 401k may be wiped out in a financial crisis, or your home value drops due to some mortgage crisis. Life takes from you at all all corners every day at every turn of the road it takes from you always you just have not noticed how much that's all so insofar as you participate in a rich ecosystem that is life that is the planet that is the subtle energies and subtle bodies you cannot be stingy and nobody can be stingy so that person that thinks he's stingy or prudent or that person that you think is stingy or prudent that is a falsity that is a smokescreen and illusion you're not just seeing it for what this is is that life takes it has to because it has to create prosperity for all life forms and it has to take for all life forms to complete that equation and that task. And this taking, it is done as a matter of urgency. It is done as a matter of forced generosity, a bioenergetic task, if you will. So you are being taxed is like a tax that the government takes from you, but instead of the government, it is nature. It is providence. It is part of a system that you're locked into. And if it does not do this, if it does not wait if it does if it waits until you say yes we'll all be dead figuratively and literally so this forced generosity this participation of our lives and our energies in a cyclical form this is not a thing that your opinion is important in or that your um your will is important or taken into account of, no, at this point, life needs to provide prosperity and keep everybody on the cycle of prosperity, on the cycle of life, on the cycle of keeping the earth running. And for that, you have to participate whether you like it or not. So this is one of my aphorisms. This series is about aphorisms, Kutu's aphorisms. And one of it is, it is impossible to be stingy. And I'm bringing that to your attention. So how you can... Use that in your life is one thing and one thing only. Revise your stance. 
eat a lavish meal, buy yourself a gift once in a while, spoil yourself and others, be generous. You have no choice in the matter anyway. Life has set up a never-ending cycle of prosperity. Yes, be prudent, but you can never truly be stingy. Nobody can. It is impossible. So given that, you should then redesign your life and realize that you're never, never really, truly going to be stingy anyway. So why don't you enjoy your life while you can, with the things that you can, while being prudent, yes, but revise your stance. You're in a cycle, and that cycle does not recognize scarcity, does not recognize stinginess, and neither should you enjoy your life a bit more, be a bit freer with the resources that your time you have with your time your energy your 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 family your social capital the things that you have let things flow out of you because it's already been taken out of you you just have not paid attention to well that's the end uh, of today's podcast we've come to the end of this aphorism which is it is impossible to be stingy so um we're doing this series and we'll be bringing more aphorisms to you as the, as the weeks go by. So to end this, I hope you have a lovely evening, a lovely weekend. And I hope you take this into the weekend and you remember when you try to change yourself or to hold back, to give your emotions, give your all into every project that you're participating in, give your all into every um every group that you're in and don't hold back because to hold back is an illusion you can never truly truly be stingy you can be prudent but you can't be stingy so have a good one ciao and may the ducks line up for you in better than you've imagined and may help arise for you in people and places that you least expect have a great one this is Kutu signing out thank you for joining us Small talk with Kutu. Peace.